Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Advent Calendar House, or as I'm calling it on Twitter for the rest of October, the Advent Calendar House. Did I do that right? No. Ah, nuts. Well, this podcast is a salute <laughs> to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. So before Christmas, we need to get through Halloween. And what better way to spend our first Halloween than to watch a special so beloved everyone forgot its name when they grew up. <laughs> this is the unfortunate plight of 1978's Witch's Night Out. I'm blue-in-the-face action-taker Mike Westfall, and joining me for this dazzling display of magical mischief is the proprietor of the horror movie barbecue, my buddy Chad Young. Welcome, Chad. That's that's my little spooky voice that they do at the beginning, but I think it sounded a uh, a lot, lot. Oh, jeez. Hey, everybody. Here it is. <laughs> this is how we're starting, huh? Yep. <laughs> now, hey, Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm happy that there's. I'm trying to make it like there's a nip in the air and fall has arrived, but I live in Florida. It was 91 degrees today. Mm. <laughs> Can I tell you, Mike? It was so yesterday. Um, it was a it was a late fifties, late fifties. Wow! Uh, I woke up. It was cold. It was dreary. It was raining. So you know, obviously, that adds to it. Mm-hmm. I look outside as soon as I wake up, and I say, "This is a November day. This isn't. This isn't September." <laughs> Very so, nice. Of course, in Rochester, it's always freezing. So yeah, well. <laughs> Now, Chad was my guest last December when we covered the predecessor to this. Not many people know, and certainly I had no idea growing up, that Witch's Night Out was actually a sequel to a Christmas special called The Gift of Winter from Uh 1974. We did an episode of that last year, so do go back and find it if you're interested. But when we talked about that, Chad, you said you didn't discover Witch's Night Out itself until rather recently, right? Correct. Yes. Um, You know, I, I... I I kind of I, I wish I could start telling um, people that you know yeah I, I watch a show as a kid but I can't um, the fact is I didn't see it till you know just to rehash the story but I was in a thrift store on a lark and I pick up a DVD I think it was or it could have been the VHS and it says Witch's Night Out and I'm like what the hell is a Witch's Night Out <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know I do a little googling and. Um, you know, uh, I was able to track down the copy uh, and finally watch it. And, uh, you know, um, long story short, my friend, our friend, Sammy Hain, one of Twitter's, uh, you know, greatest treasures, <laughs> by the way. National um, treasure, Sammy. He really is. I mean, he's just one of the most positive guys you'll ever meet. He, 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 he's he's never he has he's never bashful about the things he loves. And I, I, I love Sammy with all my heart. Um, so he actually sent me a tape of an original airing and I'm watching it and, you know, I'm like, wow, this, this is, this is pretty crazy. This is pretty wild. An original airing, like 1978 original airing? No, 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 no. I think it was, um, it, it, it was early. So here's the fun. It was an early eighties because it had, um, hmm. 
I think if I say the the um the Toys R Us Halloween uh, commercial, I think people were going to know exactly what I'm saying. I hope so. There is a it's it's a Halloween special or I'm Halloween special. I wish it's a Halloween, it's a Halloween commercial with a very catchy jingle. And I think once you hear it, you're going to mm-hmm. be uh, like probably three years old again. Toys R Us has the Big Bird Halloween costume and the Yoda Halloween costume for trick or treating. <laughs> <laughs> wow so yeah but i mean i didn't discover witch's night out till recently um and i'm kind of sad by that because i feel like if i was a kid i would have been able to have a bigger you know love and appreciation for it yeah i can i have a very specific memory of watching this uh like mm-hmm. I missed it in 1978 on account of not being born yet but that's a, well whose fault is that mike yeah well I didn't see it until 1989 when it started airing on the Disney Channel mm-hmm. uh, and became an annual Halloween staple there until the late 90s. But I remember coming home after trick-or-treating on Halloween night, start going through my hall of goodies. We'd just dump it out all on the living room floor and examine our treasures as we watch TV. And Disney Channel seemed to time it perfectly every year so I'd be home in time to watch it. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. every memory I have of watching it is all the same. I'm just in a different costume every time. <laughs> uh, but it apparently premiered October 27th, 1978 on NBC, which means we're coming up on a 40th anniversary. What better way to celebrate? That's what I'm saying. Well, we'll get to more of that like <laughs> toward the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was apparently released on home video in 1986, but I have the feeling most people who remember this, watching it as children, remember it either just catching it every year on TV or taping it off the TV and just having it crammed on a VHS tape with a bunch of other <laughs> stuff. And mm-hmm. I, like I've come to understand where many others uh, grew up and forgot the name of this, and it was just that faint memory of what was that Halloween thing where everybody was colored only one color (laughs) just a bunch of talking paint swashes partying in a haunted house and leave it to our buddy Matt and X Entertainment to come to our rescue and I think 2000 revealing the title Witch's Night Out and then light bulb in the head and ever since then I've made sure not to miss it Oh, Matt, he saves us when we need him the most. I owe a lot of what I remember to Matt. Everything else is starting to fade. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, The Gift of Winter, four years before this, what it lacked in animation quality, it made up for in star power with voices like Gilda Radner and Dan Aykroyd. Dan is not here for this sequel, but Gilda's still around to provide the voice of our title character, The Witch. And now... A dazzling display of magical mischief. Mm-hmm. We don't learn her name or anything, but uh, there's an official website now, witchesnightout.com, that gives this little snippet in her character bio. If Betty Davis and Joan Rivers had a baby, the witch would be it. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, That's a, nothing else you need to say. <laughs> I'm sort of with them, but I got some Liza Minnelli vibes, too. And some Jaja? Yeah, maybe. Gilda Radner just blessed this mess with a diva's performance. She did. Also in this character bio, with so many stories to tell from movie star to the many men dead or alive, 
to the magic in every fairy tale, her life is a multi-volume book series of drama and wonder. But now the crowds are gone, and she is a washed-up diva with dreams of being a star again. It's on there, man. (laughs) Hey, Very detailed. Far be it for me to call you a loser. Or a liar. (laughs) Not a loser. I would never call you a loser. What is that? Stop it, Mike. (laughs) So that's the witch. But taking over for Gilda Radner as the voice of Malicious Chad, did you recognize her grovelly voice? I hate Halloween, bleh. I believe that was one Catherine O'Hara. That is correct. Yes. Now, the way people remember Catherine O'Hara is going to be different depending on the age. She's a regular on Tim Burton movies and Christopher Guest movies. But uh-huh. I think Home Alone. Home Alone is where I'm going. Adults of a certain age. Yep. She's Kevin's mom in Home Alone. So that's that's her doing this voice and crushing it as malicious. Oh, she's great. She's so good. And I correct me if I'm wrong. It, this is uh, one of her earliest roles, I believe, if not her first. Probably not her first. I think she was hanging around SCTV. Like SCTV. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, it's this, mm. it's that Gilda Radner group. And so that makes sense. Sure. Because this is Canadian made. So. Oh, it's very obvious. <laughs> so you and I actually talked about um, just to take it back. Let's do it. We talked about how cheap the animation for uh, American Rabbit was. Oh, yeah. That looks like a Disney cartoon compared to this. <laughs> that looks like Fantasia compared to this, because, I mean, Canadian animation isn't always uh, Okay, but this is leaps and bounds better than The Gift of Winter was. Absolutely. So at least, I mean, at least they're improving on that front. I'm not arguing that whatsoever. You're absolutely right. They're getting there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But here's Malicious's character bio on the website. You've heard the old saying, everything looks good but her face. Well, that's (laughs) Malicious. Oh my gosh. But sexiness is not in her character anyway. She is the what? St- it's on there. On a website for children. Probably not for children. Uh, she is the worst cook in any town, making nasty dishes like tuna and raisin stuffing. People part like the Red Sea when she comes down the street. She gets a thrill out of being a bully. Whatever she wants, she gets. I don't know who's writing these, but very flowery. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yep. I, I, yeah, okay, let's take that, I guess. I have a feeling these are for, like, future projects that they're going to be in, because they're trying to bring this whole cast back. Wait, they're trying to bring the whole cast, the cast of characters, or the, the cast, cast of, of voice characters? Actors? Not the cast of, yeah. Okay. Gilda Radner was very, very unavailable at the time. It's fair, yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> Also taking over for Gilda Radner as the voice of the pink cotton candy faced nicely is Fiona Reed. I think that dressing up is just immature, but Halloween, surely it could be nice. Another Canadian actress better known to our north from some 70s sitcom called King of Kensington and a Canadian kid show called Timothy Goes to School. What? I I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but she was apparently the mother-in-law in my big fat Greek wedding. So that's where you may or may not recognize her. 
Okay, then. Yep. And uh, according to Nicely's character bio, this is definitely for, like, a future project, because none of this happens in this special. People around town know her from her news spot called the Nicely Done News. Huh? So something interesting is, is coming our way in the next few years, I hope. But don't let the Snow White image fool you. Nicely can get pretty nasty if you push the wrong button. But overall, she is a caring, affectionate person with a heart of a lamb. Can you... Okay, uh, not to break the fourth wall here, but can you send me that link? Witchesnightout.com Witches... I went to that website, and it's like, I think... uh, It took me somewhere else. Witchesnightout. Joliet, Illinois. No. It's an event page. Like there's no e in witches is witchsnightout.com. Oh, get get out of here. Are you serious? Hey man. Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. Good grandma matter. Okay. Yes, here we are ladies and gentlemen and it says, This is as 2005 as you can get this <laughs> website. That might explain a lot. I think it does. All of these sequels they keep teasing might be in production hell, but I think you're probably right. <laughs> Development hell, I mean. Anyway. Yes, language. <laughs> it's Halloween. <gasps> True. Those are the big names in the voice cast. And then we have Small and Tender, which we open with. Hey, Tender. Nobody will know who we are. Hey, Small. We're going to scare everybody. We have Naomi Leach as Tender. I'm not sure the relation to the director and writer John Leach. I can probably take a guess. Well, she's credited on The Gift of Winter as Naomi Rankin-Leach, uh, an animation studio assistant, so probably his wife. I, I would assume so. I mean, when you have a production that, you know, cheap, you kind of have to rely on anybody you can. And these are her only two credits on IMDb, so that's it. Uh, yeah, then I'm I'm totally, I'm totally taking guess and saying that that's his wife. Yes. Uh, but as small, we have a kid named Tony Molesworth, who didn't act in anything else, but he has now apparently grown up to be a stand-up comedian, musician, and juggler. Okay. And the first YouTube result of his name shows him holding a ventriloquist summy, so he's that kind of comedy. So, <laughs> small and tender spend the morning testing out their costumes, which are just masks, but... Because they exist in only one color each, it's like a really nice aesthetic of just the white masks. And they're jumping around. We're going to scare everybody. I love Halloween. Which brings out Malicious echoing her debut in The Gift of Winter where she screams, I hate winter. She goes, I hate Halloween. (laughs) She's a, you know what? She's a pretty, uh. What you see is what you get. If it's a holiday that people are enjoying, she's probably not going to like it. Not her bag. Nope. That's okay. That's okay. Not everyone has to. Nope. That's fine. (laughs) And that brings out Rotten. Yeah, malicious. It's rotten. Rotten, rotten, rotten. And we have, as that voice, Bob Church. He's a character actor who's otherwise mostly played radio announcers and newscasters in movies like Videodrome. Mm. But here he's got the thick New York accent. I hear that house is haunted. Hey, I need a Brooklyn-style pizza. Let's go get it, huh? Oh, his voice is so Italian. This house <laughs> is haunted. What, what the hell's going on here? Why can't I get some gabagool? What? what? Wait, oh, what? 
And that brings over Goodly, the politician, sort of. You know, you know, Halloween is for children. I mean, one wouldn't want to see grown-up adults running around in silly costumes. Mm. Goodly is John Leach himself here. uh, He's the writer and director, as I mentioned before. He has taken over for Dan Aykroyd's voice. At this point, Dan Aykroyd's off doing Saturday Night Live. So I guess Leach just decided, doing it myself. But he really nails it here. You want to know something for a second? I truly actually thought it was a Dan Aykroyd. Because it kind of had a Dan Aykroyd cadence to it. And then I was like, wait a minute. There's no way they would have gotten Dan Aykroyd to do this again, would they? So apparently not. Uh, yeah. Not in '78, definitely. But Mm-mm. but I love Goodley be- just because of how ridiculous he is. He he's apparently the mayor, uh, and he talks like he's campaigning all the time. It's just like we need to take action, organize. Come on, guys. <laughs> he's essentially Duke from GI Joe, but a little bit more calmer and not as and a little more sinister politician that uh, still holds up in 2018. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yep. We can leave it there for now. Uh, but then nicely comes into frame and says, "Oh, I don't know. I think it'll be nice to dress up for Halloween. I think adults should be able to express themselves." And that makes Goodly do a one eighty right there, uh, cutting her off, of course, so he can mm-hmm. kind of mansplain it. And she's like, "We need something to make Halloween meaningful to adults as people." And then we cut the small and tender's faces. They're just horrified at this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the one thing that I've noticed with these two specials is there seems to be this theme of adults kind of wanting to ruin kids' fun or yeah. because they're, they're they, you know, they've grown up and they don't really understand the appeal anymore. Oh, they've become so self-absorbed. Thank you, self-absorbed. boring, I guess. I don't, yeah. Yeah. But- We'll see that kind of as a running theme as as this party goes on that they're about to organize right now. Nicely suggests a party and decorating someplace as a haunted house. Well, Goodly right. suggests, well, there's an old empty house at the edge of town up a hill on a creepy looking hillside, which is just mm-hmm. perfect. I wish I had a house like that in my neighborhood. Oh, gosh, I would. That would have been the Halloween destination. Everyone, I mean, at the end of the night, people would have been camped out, or not camped out, but they would have been having, you know, uh, hot cider and, you know, donuts, like, right outside. I don't know if your neighborhood ever did that, but mine did. <laughs> they found a donuts, little... Donuts, no. Oh, no? They, uh-huh. my, my, my community, when I was a kid, at the end of the night, we always had... A, there was a little court, and at the end of the court, um, they would set up, like... You know, hot tea, uh, hot uh, cider and, oh, wow. and donuts, and they would also do kind of a little comp, a costume competition, and you know. So, if, if but if my uh, if my neighborhood had this kind of you know nineteen seventies uh, Disney movie haunted house, oh gosh, mm-hmm. get out! Like th- that would have been the most amazing thing ever. I feel like this turns up a lot in TV specials like this. There's always like this one abandoned creepy house on it. A- like the edge of town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've never experienced anything like that in real life or anyone talking about it in real life. And no. I, I feel like I've been cheated here or lied to. Maybe both. Maybe both. <laughs> uh, so Goodly has nicely call everybody and invite them to the party. He has malicious look after the food. And then he uh, is left to go investigate the house. 
he ropes Rotten into accompanying them, and they immediately realize the uh, severity of the situation, and they get they get the chills, and they're just like, "Well, off They essentially turn into those uh, fright feature Ghostbuster figures, where like they're <laughs> they are one step away from their hair falling off, you know, popping up off their heads. Wow, their eyes popping out and racing through a window or something. <laughs> That's the perfect analogy. <laughs> I'm saying that because I have a uh, Vankman right in my hand right now. So. Of course you do. <laughs> well, that's when we discover the house is not empty, but is occupied by our hero, the self-proclaimed washed-up witch who's mm-hmm. pacing around her attic, waiting for someone to call on her. And here she explains back in the day that she was this on-demand wish granter. Again, I feel like I've been deprived of something magical in my childhood now man i tell you if i could have had a wish granter when i was a kid that carmen electra poster in my room would have come alive (laughs) (laughs) you know good night everybody yeah (laughs) you know i was (laughs) and here i was gonna send this podcast to my mom um (laughs) the fact of the matter is i i feel like I kind of see you kind of sympathize with her. You know, oh, absolutely. You? You do. I mean, it it's not like she's going around saying, you know, I want to go, you know, steal babies and eat their, you know, organs. She's just kind of like, man, I kind of wish I could go around and grant wishes again. Making people happy. You know, and, you know, that's another thing is, you know, you don't see a lot of witches in, you know, in children's TV kind of. I, I hate to say good witch, but, you know, she's certainly one of them. But yeah. you don't see them, like, usually when you see a witch in a cartoon, it's usually like, oh, she's trying to kidnap children and turn them into stew and stuff. Right. No, this was a really nice turn. And she, I mean, she doesn't really look like a traditional witch. She doesn't have the hat. She's got this, <laughs> like, dress with the headdress thing going on and her hair's pulled back inside of it. <laughs> it's... <laughs> There's a lot of things that don't look traditional in this cartoon. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I, I th- she's very Betty Davis in this movie. And yes, she's, uh, you know, when she's doing the, um, you know, she's like, oh, I wish, you know, I, I could grant wishes again. Did you ever see the movie? Um, Whatever happened to baby Jane? No. Okay, there was a scene where Betty Davis is playing like an aged uh, child star, and she's like uh, singing one of the songs she would sing as a child, and Mm -hmm. you know she kind of looks in the mirror and realizes how old she is, so she starts screaming and crying. That's kind of what this reminds me of, and I I feel like maybe you know the the Betty Davis uh, comparison is more than appropriate. You know, for this scene especially. It's all starting to click. Well, she (laughs) finally just begs, please, somebody call. And that's when she hears a knock on her own door. Please, somebody call. Fuck. And Goodly and Rotten let themselves in because they think the place is abandoned. And they're just (laughs) looking around in what Goodly calls a rundown mess. And they decide it's the perfect place for their Halloween party. So the two start planning it out, and they both book it out of there as soon as they've got their plan. I didn't notice this until this time watching it, that Rotten sort of shoves Goodly out the door to be like, all right, we're all set, bye! (laughs) 
I didn't notice that either. Actually, I got to. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I didn't notice that. You got to watch it closely because it's like it's one of the wide shots of the house, and they're at the door, and Rotten <laughs> just kind of pushes him out, which was a really nice touch that to bring that home. <laughs> well, the witch is super pumped about hosting a party. Yeah. She's got kind of that little evil glimmer in her eye but it's you know she's happy she's getting noticed again so uh-huh. she doesn't know but back in town small and tender are trick-or-treating and they get super bummed about one getting recognized and two not scaring anyone <sighs> i gotta tell you i gotta tell you if if i was to dress up for halloween if i was so excited for halloween and i was gonna be dressed up and i'm trying to be scary and one of my classmates, you know, parents see me and is like, oh, you look so cute. Oh, my goodness. I'd probably be mad, too. I'd be pissed off. Would too. you? Oh, yeah. Because that's the night you really want to go out of your way. And you want when someone opens the door and they look at you, you, you know, you want them to just think, oh, they're not going to be able to sleep tonight. If they're so scared. They want to give you the entire bowl of candy. And they don't want to answer the door anymore. <laughs> These were my goals as a kid. <laughs> I'm glad you explained that because now I'm thinking that's just me. I'm usually, I was always usually some kind of recognizable character for Halloween. The scariest thing I've ever been is a ghost. So I never cared about scaring people. Right. I just want them a dang candy. Give them my candy. Um, so here's my question. Is when you were a ghost, was it like just the simple sheet like in uh, E.T.? Uh, somewhere in the middle, it was more like I had, it was a ghost that had legs so I could walk around. Mm, okay. So, but it was, yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, okay. So I got to tell you, I was, um, I, I was always into like the, uh, you know, the big franchise characters, but as I got older, yeah. uh, all I wanted to do was like scare people. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Halloween. <laughs> So you feel for them in this moment right here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel better because I just couldn't. I was just like, how can you get so bummed if people recognize you? I'd be happy if they recognized me. So here's my, here's another question. Was was Halloween a big, uh, was it a big event for you as a kid or like, what you know, was it still? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, we'd all, our whole bus stop full of friends would go around the neighborhood every year Mm -hmm. in a group we'd go together until it got dark and then we'd come back and we lived in a pretty what like spread out neighborhood so Mm -hmm. we had to take pillowcases and they'd come back full ah yes (laughs) big hole in the side that we're trying to keep uh i've ruined so many pillowcases on halloween oh oh man i pillowcases <laughs> <laughs> i grew up in kind of a rural kind of town like okay. a, a farm corn town and you know uh halloween was a very big deal in my neighborhood at least when i was a kid i know that the year uh the last year that i lived down in maryland i was working with kids and i would have you know kids coming up from uh the daycare that i worked at so you know it, it, but it wasn't as much like you know we were usually done uh, by ch- probably seven, eight. If they started at six and the kids were done by like seven or eight. Oh, see, know. we started almost immediately after getting off the bus. We'd get yes. ready and go. So we'd start around three. 
Oh, see, I always, me and my friends always preferred to wait when we were kids until it got dark. Ah, see, we, we were, we were Halloween traditionalists. We, as excited as we were, we still had enough time to come home, you know, do our costumes, whatever we had to do, you know, last second. But we wanted to, uh, we, we wanted to, uh, wait until it got dark because I, you know, in our neighborhood, there were, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of trees. It's a, it's a relatively big neighborhood, but there's, it's, it's a lot of trees and uh, we we it just added to the ambiance. We wanted that feeling of mm-hmm. Halloween. We did it, going out when it was uh, it, when it was bright. It was just that seemed like blasphemy as kids. <laughs> All right. <laughs> These days, when I take on my kids, it's usually around sunset. But mm-hmm. our neighborhood is no one. No one goes out. I guess they must go somewhere else. The first year I moved in and. My daughter was just born. She was three days old on Halloween, so we mm-hmm. had her home. We had her in a little ladybug costume. It was great. I was so excited to give out candy. It was my first year owning a house and being able to give out candy and my own house. And mm-hmm. got two rings on my doorbell all night, and I was so bummed about it. Yes. Uh, and here, as the kids got older, I came to find out that uh, one of our old babysitters her neighborhood really does it up every year. So oh, wow. they have big crowds. So we just go over there now. Well, that works. It's not far. It's a five-minute drive down the road. So we're just going over there. That works perfectly. Mm-hmm. All right. They're going around the different houses. Uh, the last one, when they finally, the straw that breaks the camel's back is at Malicious's house. And we're just like, oh, it's small and tender. Here, have sardine meringue. And here's our running joke with Malicious is that she only makes gross stuff. Mm-hmm. But I really want to try some of it. <laughs> Do she's you really? Like, she's yelling at Rotten. is like, you're squishing the pepperoni peppermint. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> she might be on to something with that. Can You know what it sounds like is one of those books from the 1970s that would make you like make tuna with like whipped cream oh, and pineapple <laughs> joys of jello yeah it's always a jello so i wonder if th- that had to be like commonplace at that time where people were just making bizarre stuff you know <laughs> now that you mentioned that it all makes sense now this is That's... why you have me on mike to make yeah, sense well, of weird stuff <laughs> yep uh well as small and tender are moping at home in their shared bed in walks their surprise babysitter it's bazooey Guess who's your babysitter tonight? Bazooey, bazooey! <laughs> Once again played by Jerry Salzberg. There he so is. He's really the only person who came back and voiced the same character. Yeah, and I, and you know, I wonder if there is a reason that um, Gilda didn't really, you know, do the same character twice. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Again, I mean, unless you're like a diehard fan... Which I I don't see a lot of them. I don't think you really notice much difference because it's it, it, it's a it's no. a th- well I'm not gonna say it's a throwaway cartoon, but I I he, the I mean they brought him back. It's got a it, small following compared to a lot of other stuff. And again, I don't want to say throwaway, but small following. And I feel like if you're at least gonna bring Gilda back, you you should have at least had her do the same characters. I don't know. Maybe they had a bigger budget. It certainly showed in the animation. Well, yeah. (laughs) So they probably could afford to bring over some some more varied voices. But oddly enough, I found that the one voice that 
was different compared to the gift of winter was Bazooie's because in the first one you remember he's all like yes (laughs) he's grown up a bit in the four short years you hear him at the end of gift of winter yeah 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 he's he's taking his time to mature you know which is good we all need it so here on halloween night he's hired to babysit small and tender here's Bazooie's official bio on the website calling him the town bohemian and college student. Stop. He's the only college stop, student in stop, town. Stop, stop, stop right now. <laughs> oh, what is it? Bazooie takes odd jobs all over town. One of his favorites is babysitting small and tender, and he has become the third wheel in most of the adventures they go on. But... All two of them. Okay, you know what? Let's just go with it. I, I, yeah, let's just let's go Let's just with go it. with it. Let's sure. see what they have planned. They, they're trying to do a whole cinematic universe here. I do. You know what? Give the devil his due. <laughs> well, Bazooie offers to read the kids a spooky Halloween story, uh, but they're not into it anymore. So instead, he reads them a story about a fairy godmother. And here in the version I watched for this, we cut to people arriving at the party and the witch planning on how she's going to put mm-hmm. on her show by transforming all the food into <laughs> bugs or whatever. I feel like... This part might have been cut out of my old taped version. The way I remembered it was, Bazooie began the story, and then you fade into the him ending the story. Nothing in the middle. Uh, I gotta be honest. I, I, I've only seen this, like, twice. I, I And, like, for me, I didn't okay. really notice too much of a difference. But here, apparently, it was cut for time on the Disney Channel, which had no <laughs> commercials, which is odd that they would do that. Yeah, that's very bizarre for Disney, but, you know. Here you see the witch sneaking downstairs to check out the scene, and I like the subtle background conversation they throw in here with the other adults to convey, listen to how boring these grown-ups are when they talk to each other. (laughs) You got one guy saying, boy, you don't see staircases like this these days. Yeah, they just don't put that kind of work into it anymore, and it's just, I don't talk like that to grown-ups, do I? No, I I don't. Uh, oh, good. Well, I meant to talk to you about that last episode of the Chap Report. <laughs> no, um, honestly, these sound like the most boring, inane. Con- these are the kind of conversations you uh, you have when you run into someone you don't want to talk to at a party. So I wonder if they're just all trying to get so. away from each other. They all hate each other. And here's the other thing: this still looks like a more fun party than that Wayne Manor party in uh, Batman '89. <laughs> one touch i liked about every background character that isn't part of our main cast is that they're like a duller more subdued color in the palette i suppose like malicious is bright green and ron Mm -hmm. is bright purple but all these background characters who have no names are like paler you know i i I mean we we made the we made the uh comparison to the um Oh, oh, I keep forgetting it. What was that Pixar movie with all the moods? Inside Out. Inside Out. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, watching this, I mean, I'm still pretty convinced that Inside Out was heavily inspired, you know, by this. And I, I mean, just the colors alone, you can kind of tell. Yeah. Well, then Bazooie finishes his story in small and tender comment. They could have used a fairy godmother tonight. They got all dressed up and didn't scare anybody. Mm. And this is when they present their desires into the ether. I wish I could be a real wolf man. I, I wish I could be a real ghost. I 
I wish I could be a real wolf man. I wish I could be a real ghost. And we hear those wishes audibly travel through the wind across town. I wish I was big. <laughs> I kind of find it a little, a little precious, you know, in, Oh, I love it. It's a great little five second scene yeah. of the wishes carrying on into the wind and into mm-hmm. the ears of our witch. Yeah, absolutely. Who immediately flies through the air by her magic wand. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the excitement in her face that when she gets to realize yes. she gets to make them wishes happen, you know, uh, I, you know, well, I'll save my, uh, my thoughts as a, on this as a whole in a second, but okay. I, it's just so cute. It really is. So the way she flies is like, she points her magic wand in the air and it, it kind of drags her out the window flying. Okay. I've started to read Harry Potter to the kids. Yeah. They don't fly by pointing their wands in the air like that. I really feel like this special could have been onto something. You know what? I mean, a lot of people do say that uh, J.K. Rowling took a lot, a lot of inspiration from other things. (laughs) Well, I wish he would have taken some more from here instead of using dumb old brooms. Thank you. (laughs) Uh Well, the witch smashes straight into Small and Tender's window, and... This is a whole 13 seconds, I counted, of precious running time between hitting the window and getting up and bowing. Ta-da! Um, okay, so I kind of wanted to talk about that. Okay. Again, I know that they were on a very, very tight budget. Okay. Is this because they kind of ran out of ideas somewhat and they just had to kind of like kill time? Or were they kind of trying to set her up as a comedic character at that point? No, I think the pacing of the scene was beautiful. It was like it it was just they stretched it out and made it more awkward of her trying to stand Mm -hmm. up amid all the broken glass. And you could hear all the individual glass shards. And I just love it. Yeah, I, it, it's pretty unique, but uh, I, I personally wasn't a fan of this particular uh, segment. Aww. Or, I mean, this sequence. Sorry. Okay, well, we agree to disagree. That's but. fair. <laughs> Friends disagree with each other all the time. Yes, and they don't, they're not at each other's throats on the internet. No, that's Twitter. No, I don't want it to be Twitter. <laughs> it, neither do I, No, Mike. Twitter's a happy Mike. place. With skateboard dogs <laughs> and is. witches night out. That's true. But despite Bazooie's concerns, the kids are all in on this witch turning them into their costumes. And Small becomes the most adorable little orange wolf man, mm-hmm. nearly rivaling your beloved and yet to be invented at this point, my pet monster. That's true. That's a very good observation. I am. I'm. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> are you suggesting them? No, Mike, yes. Mike, this is, this is, you're just blowing my mind. <laughs> you never know. That's true. That's very true. Probably not, but well, let's leave the door open. I let's agree. leave the door just slightly ajar. Okay. Slightly ajar. Slightly ajar. But I was way more into the animation of Tender as a real ghost and just a sheet with eyes and a mouth hole doing flips in the air. Yes. This is where the animation shines for a low-budget cartoon in 1978? Yes. Yeah, we we dump on it a bit compared to some other stuff at the time, but especially compared to The Gift of Winter, the animation here is just, it's a well-stylized 
kind of. Flip. You know, I, I think that you and I kind of made the comparison on the last when we did Gift of Winter, mm-hmm. how it kind of comes off as uh, the the most modern comparison I could have made was when Trey Parker and Matt Stone did a. Uh, I think it, it was something like the Spirit of Christmas, which yes. is. If you think about it, that title is somewhat similar to the Gift of Winter, Spirit of Christmas. It could be. They are Gift very, of Winter. Yeah, they're they're huge uh, animation fans, so I, I can't imagine they didn't they see this. I've seen that. Oh yeah, and but I mean, if you look at the way you know that first one started, and then you look at you know how uh, the ones following them, I mean, it, it, it got better. They got a little bit more. Uh, experience under their belts, yeah. and I think that A Gift of Winter certainly uh, is a good comparison to those. Our baby's growing up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bazooie's freaking out, and the witch proves she can easily reverse the kid's new forms, harmless amusement, and then she asks Bazooie, what would you really, really <laughs> like to be on this scary old Halloween night? And Bazooie becomes a bright red Frankenstein monster. Now, Chad... Yes. This was the first time I notably caught that the monster was called a Frankenstein monster and not just Frankenstein himself. Hmm. Wait, uh, I didn't really notice. I still don't care. Yeah, I got to be honest. I'm of the mindset that, uh, I mean, if if Dr. Frankenstein was so dedicated to his work, then, um, I mean, his work lives on in a monster called And I think that's the best tribute to someone who spent their whole life trying to create you know, something so larger than life. So I'm going to go if it, uh, Frankenstein's, you know, Dr. Frankenstein were real mm-hmm. and he had passed away. I'm assuming that his monster and Dr. Frankenstein would be okay with just being called Frankenstein. There you go. <laughs> That's just what happens when you don't title your work. That's <laughs> I'm looking at you. Um, Lovecraft. No, oh, there you go. Ah, <laughs> The Lovecraft monster. Just the one. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my thing. I didn't actually pick that up that um, he refers to himself as a, a Frankenstein monster. He does. That's what he wants to be. I don't know. I didn't pick that up. That That's pretty unique. I like that. Yes. Well, the witch invites the monstrous trio to the party at her house to scare all the adults in town. And that's where we see the witch put her plan into action. Goodly suddenly eats a spider, and Nicely's whole plate of apps turn into spiders, causing her to faint. And then some dude says, Nicely passed out. And another guy says, Already? Oh, it's that kind of party, is it? Oh, hey guys. Let's let's keep it appropriate. Yeah. Well, some other woman comments, Malicious, just like Malicious. And she, of course, is taken aback by this. Sure. Malicious put a lot of effort into these, and she goes on, like, she kind of lays out her plate here and explains what everything is. And it's another list of things that it just that sound gross, but I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. It's things mm-hmm. like it peanut butter corn beef balls, chocolate gefilte fish, garlic what is gefilte. Gefilte. It's a Jewish thing. It's uh ah okay. It's a yeah. I think it's part okay. of Passover. Oh, then that makes sense. Okay, go on. <laughs> to the internet. In Poland, gefilte fish, referred to as carp po, I'm not pronouncing that. Carp Jewish style is a traditional dish in some Polish homes served on Christmas Eve. Hmm. So wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Does this take place in Poland? <laughs> 
Wait no, a it's minute. Any Town USA, Chad. Ah, oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay. I, don't know. I mean, maybe okay. Malicious has some Polish in her. That's fair. But it, this is when one of the candy apples gets transformed into a lizard, and that <laughs> is when the kids make their move. Yes. First, you hear like the howls and the moans from the kids, and then. All three of them, Small, Tender, and Bazooie, jump out and send the whole crowd running for the door. Hey, maybe this place is haunted. What? Where the witch is ready to, like, start her show. She's ready to perform. Uh She's like... And now, for a dazzling display of magical mischief. Only to be flattened by the stampede. (laughs) <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts oh it's, it's kinda, great it's it's so silly but so uh so innocent <laughs> and then it continues to be great right after that because she is all about it she's delighted this is clearly the happiest she's been in years sure uh but the she deserves kids, it right but this is when the kids have second thoughts about what it feels like to be seen as scary now they're mm-hmm. suddenly going 180 by themselves. Everyone was scared of us. No one knew who we were. And here's where my dad mode kicks in. Y'all, you asked for this. Yep. <laughs> you wanted to be scary. You're scary. You make your bed, yeah. you sleep in it. So, um, <laughs> they wanted to be scary, mm-hmm. and now they are scary. But you know what? It's a big lesson for them. So maybe it's just their way of maturing? I I don't know. Yes, no, they learned something here. Yeah. My dad mode's just saying, you learned something here. You mm-hmm. asked for this. Be careful what you wish for. It's that whole ad. Ah, thank you. Uh, and That's it, the moral right, of the story. Right, well, at Bazooie words, it like the his point is the party's over before anyone had any fun. I guess if you scare mm-hmm. people, they tend to avoid you. And this Fair. is when the witch realizes... Some rat stole my which means for now the kids are trapped like that and Bazooie is still he, very grown up in this it's just like we won't be able to relate to others mm-hmm. which is very mm-hmm. 70s educational special written all over it oh gosh yes it is it's very Adam West too <laughs> no one will it's be able very... to relate to others Robin <laughs> oh my gosh oh dude do you know how great this thing would have been if they had gotten adam west to voice kabooey oh man <laughs> there was a fairy godmother i don't know <laughs> well now we see all the adults gathered back in town and we hear them gossiping in panic and they suddenly notice small tender and bazooey are missing how do they know that well you know what they say you don't know what you got till it's gone uh, could there you go but they immediately go, I bet the monsters got him. And while everybody's panicking, Rotten notices something stuck in Malicious's hair, and it's the magic wand. <gasps> so they kind of separate from the crowd and try it out, and uh, Malicious asks him what you want, and he goes, I'm starving. <laughs> so she goes, Hocus Pocus, give me a maraschino liver burger. Delicious. And... I love Rotten in this moment because he's very encouraging at first. He's just like, yes. wow, an old gym sock. That's pretty close. 
<laughs> You're trying your hardest here. Just keep it going. Well, this might be my, my favorite low-key joke of the whole special, where Malicious <laughs> asks for, uh... Give me a roast turkey with tuna and raisin stuffing, smothered in whipped cream and ketchup! I told you. You're getting the hang of it now. It's a bag of garbage. Which was a pretty clever. That, that's a pretty. If that were in a uh, like live action comedy, people would be cracking up at that. Oh, absolutely. That's a pretty that's clever like, joke. Th- it's it's the most endearing put down I've ever heard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, while Goodley's over here putting on his victim act, it, uh, <laughs> saying that it's all his fault, and I love how he kind of goes, "If it hadn't been for dramatic pause, me." Mm-hmm. This catastrophe would never have taken place. Well, of course, nicely buys it, and she picks yep. him up and tells him he can be the leader he really is. And then she goes on about, you know, the mo- the monsters have to be nice at heart. We just need to talk to them and rehabilitate them back into society. But at the sound of the word leader, Goodley gets that maniacal yep. twinkling in his eye, and he suddenly becomes every political figure on Twitter. Very subtle, Mike. I was just about to say that he kind of, you know, the way you're presenting him, and I think that this is a fair comparison, mm-hmm. he kind of starts turning into Clamp from Gremlins 2. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I wasn't thinking that, but now I am. I'm always thinking about That's Gremlins 2. Well, yeah. Goodley didn't hear a word she said after Leader. He's go. He goes right to, we will strike back. And Mike said, yes. what? Wait, what? No. But to no avail... Goodly is alarmingly quick in rallying the crowd to destroy the monsters and rescue the children. Listen! Quiet! Everybody! Now I know. We are, we're, we're besieged by mysterious and terrifying monsters that have already taken three of our young people. But talk will not help us now. We need action. We must organize, pull together, rally our courage, strengthen our hearts and pursue these frightful creatures to the end. We'll make this world safe for our family, for society, for democracy, for the civilizations of the world! Destroy the monsters and rescue the children! This was 1978, and I'm pleased to report over the last 40 years, we've learned nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm Mm-mm. <laughs> we we see one thing we overreact like you oh oh jeez try harder yeah. grown-ups yup well our heroes foot it back down to town only to run into the now angry mob and getting chased back into the woods while malicious and rotten are still trying to use the magic wand and they've turned their desires to money so she tries to turn random objects like fire hydrants into gold only for them to sort of deflate and fart into a pile of goo. But at first, again, Rotten's still very encouraging at this time, providing that moral support. He's like, you're getting there. You're really cooking. So so good on you, Rotten. You're a good boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, For a while. And then he quickly gets fed up and he's just like, that's it. Give me that. Uh, (laughs) And between the two of them, they're casting so many spells and breaking things that the witch sees the light from the wand over the skyline. And Mm -hmm. they follow it and retrieve... What's hers? Turning the kids and Bazooie back just in time before the mob returns. And as a price for messing with her wand, she turns rotten and malicious into hideous beasts, so the mob starts to trample them. 
Again, with the just not paying attention thing. Well, Bazooie screams stop and sets everyone straight. But that only makes the grownups angrier. Like, this is an outrage. I demand an explanation. And it's just, it's really hitting home here that, sorry, kids, a lot of grownups get too emotional and don't stop and listen to you first. Yep. And they go straight to, uh, who's responsible? Someone needs to be to blame for this. (laughs) Not us. Yeah, well, that even depresses the witch, who turns everything back to normal, and she kind of just sulks off and gives uh, a lovely little Oscar-worthy, no-one-appreciates-me speech. Someone's to blame for this. Oh, boy, let me out of here. I don't know why I'd bother in the first place. What a fizzle. Halloween. Stick it in your ear, dear. People got no appreciation these days. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Again, very Betty Davis. Yes. And I am here for it. Yes. We we are we are living this moment right now. Indeed we are. We are here for all of us. <laughs> well, thankfully nicely quickly figures out what's going on and she starts a slow clap for our heroine. And on Bazooie's cue, she turns them all back into their monstrous forms, now to the crowd's amazement. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm kind of glad that it ends on this happy note. I am too, you know, because now everyone is getting in the Halloween spirit. Yeah. Everyone's remembering what it's like to be a kid, you know, and... (sighs) And we have the witch uh, with really the, the core of this whole special, that this is what Halloween is all about. Every day we go about our lives in the same old way, but once a year... Once a year, people, we can be whatever and whomever we please. And she Uh says, pretend, let your secret fantasies run wild. So she starts with nicely, and she asks what she really wants to be for one little night, and she becomes giant sexy vampire. I, uh, yeah, I, um, I I was like, uh, okay, um, what? It makes sense. It's like... You know, nicely has a mean streak, and and that's a cute little thing. And then on the polar opposite side, you have Malicious, who wants to be a fairy princess, Uh and Rotten, who asks to be a saint. And, of course, Goodly wants to be noted murderous emperor Attila the Hun. Which was very random. Not really, if you're paying attention. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, But the rest of the crowd shouts out their desires, and the witch finally invites everyone back to her mansion, and she'll turn everybody on! Huh. And she quickly transforms her black dress into bright red, and we end as we seem to always do in every Halloween special around this time (laughs) in history, with disco dancing. Oh, gosh. Can I tell you... I love the way that they wrap that uh, that special up, like where she's celebrating, she's getting all excited, and then the music starts playing because she finally has her victorious moment and she's finally happy again. I just I know it's corny, but I think the way they did that and with the music and everyone's back at the house just dancing and having the greatest time. I just thought it was. I think that's the highlight of the entire special. There you go. It's still your ringtone, right? It is. Very nice. Mine is still Uh the opening theme to Castlevania. Oh, very nice. That's right. (laughs) I feel like the, I feel like ending a Halloween special with disco dancing happened a lot in the seventies. It happened here. There was a special called the Halloween that almost wasn't. 
Mm, okay. I've, you know, I've never seen that one. Oh, find it. It's it's great. Okay. It's great. It's live action. You have Judd Hirsch as Dracula. Stop. Yeah. What? Oh, Judd yeah. Hirsch from Taxi? Judd Hirsch is Dracula, and he, oh, it's perfect. He's got the Bela Lugosi delivery down. No, he does not. Oh, he does. It's perfect. <laughs> note for note, he's like, good evening. It's just, <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. And he and Judd, Nel, uh, Judd Nelson, Judd <laughs> Hirsch, as I, I need to find this. Yes, I think it's also 1978. So I, Disney Channel always did these back-to-back. Yeah, I suppose I could see that. Okay. Uh, and then, like, Paul Lind had a Halloween special that ended at a disco party. So <laughs> something about that kind of music is very Halloween-y. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> this disco music, you know, we didn't even really talk about, but the score in this movie was very disco-ish. Yeah. And it was very, like, the entire score. not uh, And, like, even the, right. um, when, um, when the witch is, like, making her, uh, testing out her wand like it's mm-hmm. very there's a lot of disco noises coming out of there it's very like 70s 80s synth it's yes uh, i got a lot of tales from the dark side vibes Ooh, yeah like if you yeah if I you play just the score of this not even the theme song but as that as this is going on you can hear it more yeah i i, I totally see that so we've mentioned this special is coming up in its 40th anniversary Mm-hmm. There is a tweet from whoever runs Witches Night Out's social media, and I'm not making this up. It's at BazooieWNO on Twitter. It, that reads, Witches Night Out turns 40 this year, celebrating in a big way. Stay tuned. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but maybe come the 27th, we might hear something excellent. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Blu-ray release, perhaps? Maybe. Maybe I mean, we'll get I, an announcement on that sequel that they've been working on. Interesting, interesting. Because I know, uh, I believe, either Shout Factory or uh, Mill Creek own the rights to it. And Mill Creek's released it, uh, I believe, once or twice. So Yes. So it's out there. I've already seen it in some dollar stores. Uh, it's on Shout Factory to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and if you want to check out these sequels we keep referring to, uh, that's at anytownseries.com. They're looking to make a sequel uh-huh. to this. They're looking to remake The Gift of Winter. And then they have treatments for a Thanksgiving special, a New Year special, and a Valentine's Day special. That's right. We have, we are blessed right now, let me tell you. This Indeed. Is, this, is, uh, this is a time to be alive if you're a fan of... <laughs> Uh, all these characters. Um, of course, I don't think anything's really going to top that theme song whatsoever. No. So I don't. I they they would have to you know impress me pretty pretty. They'd have to blow me away. There you go. Is we'll what see. I'm saying. We'll see. Well, I think we've hit everything. Do you have anything to add? Uh, the only thing I have to add is the, you know again it's I I i think the animation really holds it back uh from being a bigger classic than it could be i mm-hmm. think the story is terrific i yeah, and really you know it's is. funny i was watching with my wife and she was like the animation is just uh, the story's stupid and i was like i like the story story i great. like the, the voice acting is a little crappy but you know again yeah. you you got to deal with what you've got. And, you know, at that time, the, you know, I've showed my kids worse, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Um, 
there's a lot of Ralph Bakshi vibes in the animation. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, and especially like the close-ups on the witch's face because uh, there are times when she like turns her face and she starts talking, and it's very, um, you know, just very Ralph Bakshi. I don't know if it was rotoscoped. I don't know who you would rotoscope for that, but you know, it, um, it's a it's a positive. It's a fun Halloween. You know, special. I think uh, if the animation was better, you know, it would definitely be a bigger deal. But you know, I, I maybe uh, if we do get a special edition Blu-ray or something, maybe we'll be seeing a uh, bigger audience and a new generation embrace it because it, it's a sweet story. Yes, uh, a cult classic, definitely. And, and indeed, if any of this sounds familiar to you and you've hung on listening to this for this long at this point, please do check it out. Oh, yes. Please seek it out. Oh, please do. And then go and watch The Last Halloween right after it. There you go. I think you can get The Last Halloween, Witch's Night Out, and The Gift of Winter in like a three bundle on Amazon. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. So, Well, Chad, if people want to turn you into a real wolf man, where can they find you on the internet? Oh, I was going to say, geez, all they would have to do is uh, ask me to take off my sh- uh, my shirt. But um, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to turn me into a man on the internet, um, go to horrormoviebarbecue.com. Um, I have been uh, taking a brief hiatus; uh, had a lot of stuff pop up, and um, you can also find me on Twitter, where I'm constantly telling Mike uh, no for no reason. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you can find me at horror movie barbecue on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, all horror movie barbecue and you can find this show and subscribe at adventcalendar.house we will be starting season two december 1st (sighs) got a lot cooking it's gonna be excellent i can't wait for that that this is gonna be a great season i predict excellent so between that and following along on twitter at advent cal house that's what you have to look forward to for now here's a tiny little taste of our season premiere coming December 1st. There's one thing I hate. All the noise, 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 noise. He's the lowest, the meanest, the nastiest Grinch this side of Whoville. And he's out to ruin Christmas. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. 